ever wondered what motivates people to get plastic surgery? Did they regret it? What can we learn from the stories of plastic surgery patients? I'm Dr. Javad Sajjan, and this is Clinic Talk on the Plastic Surgeon Podcast. Welcome to the Plastic Surgeon Podcast, where we listen to real plastic surgery stories of triumph and pain from real patients and providers to further understand the motivations of why they would risk their life under the knife. I'm Dr. Javad Sajjan, and today is Clinic Talk with CEO of Allure Aesthetic, Sabrina Sajjan. Sabrina, how's it going? It's going great. We have a real wild story today about a terrorist sting operation that happened in the office. Is that right? Yes. Um, So this was um, a few months ago. Um, We had a patient come in um, and they scheduled a consultation and they had a... And it was with the other doctor in her practice. Correct. So I heard about all this on on the side. Yes. Um, and this uh, appointment was with a different doctor uh, that's part of our practice. Um, and this patient came in for a consultation for a facial consultation. He wanted a rhinoplasty, right? Yes. A nose uh, job. Correct. So he wanted a rhinoplasty and then he also wanted to remove this um, significant scar that he had on his face. And I was talking to the other doctor and he told me that consult was weird because a patient specifically requested to look different. Yes, the patient um, wanted to do multiple surgeries um, quickly, um, and he wanted to do these because he said he wanted to look different. That's correct. And people come here wanting to look different, but I remember he asked to have a different face and be unrecognizable. And that's what he was meaning by different, because oftentimes when people say different, they want to remove a hump from their nose, they want a smaller nose. But he said very specifically, I want to look like a different person. And that was our first red flag, right? Yes. He said that I want people that know me not to recognize me anymore. That's crazy. And we said, hmm, we haven't heard that one before. (laughs) So he booked surgery same day, right? Yes. So he came in for the consultation with someone else. Um, It was um, so two people that came in. Um, The other gentleman waited in the lobby and he told the staff that that was his driver. Um, and the patient was taken back for their consultation. Um, and he said he had a driver because he had just flown in from out of state for the specific consult. Correct. Um, and he had the consultation. And then he um, was on on the phone during his consultation. During the consult with the doctor, he was on the phone. Yeah. He answered the phone while the doctor was in there. And then and Dr. So- J, he, I'm, I'm a lot... Easier going. Dr. J does not like that. No. Um, and then the the doctor stepped out. Um, and then there was um, the clinic staff was explaining everything to the patient of, you know, what the next steps are and how to proceed and all of that kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I just want to basically book the procedure right now. And then the clinic staff member said, well, I don't do that. You have to meet with our surgical care coordinator who will then assist you with booking the procedure. Um, and while this is all this conversation is ap- happening, the patient is still on the phone. What he's, he's talking in another language to someone. Hmm. What they, so they couldn't figure out what he was talking about. No, he, the clinic staff member 
didn't figure out what the patient was talking about. He just was talking another language while the clinic staff member is telling him what the next steps are, how to book this appointment, uh, uh, surgery. So after the clinic person is done, the surgical coordinator goes in and gives the quote. Correct. And then he pays right away and books or what happened next? Yeah. So he asked if he could have surgery today. Uh, Same day. Yeah. Um, and of course, our surgical care coordinator said, well, we don't have openings today. We don't do surgeries today, but I'm welcome to look at the next available date um, and I can offer that to you. And he said, well, I have to get it done within um, a week to two weeks maximum because I'm going back where I came from and I just have to get this done right away. Did he tell us where he was going back? Was it in the U.S. or was he going back outside the U.S.? He was within the U.S. He okay. was going back to the East Coast, he said. Okay. Um, he's, he has to go back to the East Coast, so he wants to get surgery right away. And, you know, she explained to him this is the cost of it. And um, because you want to get surgery um, within, you know, two weeks or within a week or two, you have to pay with um, either cash or you have to bring a cashier's check. And we do that because we've had people give us bad checks. Correct. Right, And the checks sometimes bounce after surgery because it takes up to like, seven to 14 days. And so because of that short window, he had to give cash or a cashier check, which are guaranteed. Correct. Um, and he said, sure. And then um, she said that, well, I need a deposit in order to book your surgery. So he said, well, I don't have the deposit right now, but I can go run to the bank and give you the full amount with a cashier's check. Same day. Same day. And so he leaves um, with his driver. Um, and then after a few hours, he comes back with the full amount on the cashier's check and it's it's a legit cash check and it's perfect. And so it wasn't a thousand dollar deposit. It was for no, the whole surgery. Correct. He paid for the whole surgery with a cashier's check. It was like, so it was like a bank check. Mm -hmm. It was, which bank was it? Um, I'm pretty sure either it was Chase or Wells Fargo. Oh, oh yeah. I think it was, no, it was HSBC. Yes. 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 So and they don't have, do they have locations in Seattle? I don't even think they do. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it was HSBC, uh, bank account and he, brought the cashier's check, paid for his surgery with that, and he was booked. Um, he was booked for, I think, four days after or five days after the um, uh, from that consultation date because he wanted to get a rushed um, surgery date. And they made an exception to squeeze him in. Correct. Right? Yes. Um, he was really adamant with the doctor. He was really adamant with the surgical care coordinator that he had to get this done within a week. Um, so they made an exception for him and they squeezed him in and he said he was going to pay the full amount right away. And this whole time, was he acting weird? He just was very um, adamant that he just had to get this done right away. You got the cashier check. Do you take it to the bank the same day or was it normal routine? Yeah. So um, so we uh, booked the surgery, of course. We had to do his pre-op the same day mm -hmm. uh, because the surgery was so soon. Um, and he was okay with that. He did the pre-op. We did all of that. Everything was good to go. He was scheduled and everything. Um, he went to the bank, deposited the check. No worries at all. Um, now, I remember his nurse who was there for the consult. She told me that there was a comment that was off that he made. And he hmm. told her, when I am going to sleep and waking up. Yes, I, I remember What, what did he say? Something. She, he said to her, he said, could you let. The surgical team know that when you guys put me to sleep, um, that don't believe anything I say. That's weird. Yeah, it was really weird. He said that, oh, I just, um, when I'm put to sleep, I just like say weird things. 
So um, when I'm saying stuff in my sleep, when you guys put me to sleep for the surgery, just don't believe me. Everything is just um, probably false information. I've never had anyone say that. And I've done thousands of surgeries. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then he was scheduled for surgery. Everything was good. I went to the bank, deposited a check and everything. Um, after about, I think it was like 24 hours um, after I had gone to the bank, we got a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, and the on the phone call, it was a private investigator. Um, they introduced himself from like a private, like a regular person, or was it a detective? It was a, a bank investigator. Okay. Um, from HSBC. Okay. Um, it was a man on the phone. He said, "I'm calling from HSBC Bank. I'm one of the investigators here. Could I speak to someone that handles your bank accounts?" Mm-hmm. Um, and I spoke to one of our surgical care coordinators who had accepted the check. She actually spoke to the guy on the phone and she said oh i was the one that helped this person to you know um got this check from him and i you know verified everything oh another weird thing about him was um he had two ids two different names on his id how do we catch that um well we asked for id at the pre-op um and he gave us two forms of id and the names were different but he had said that he was had name change Hmm, okay. Um, so we um, had deposit. So then um, we had that phone call, and basically the um, investigator on the phone said, uh, "Are you aware of who this person is that deposits check?" We said, "No, this is a patient here trying to get surgery." Um, and the bank alerted us that the person had a uh, warrant against them. Okay, and that's all they told you. There's a warrant. Yes, they said that there was a warrant against this person, and that that check is fraudulent. Um, this person does not have this money. This person doesn't even have an account with HSBC. Um, this was a made up check, um, and that there's no money, and you guys will not receive the money. And then I remember you came to me, and you were like, "What do I do now?" Yes, I was like, "What do we do?" Did the banker didn't did they give us instructions what to do next or what did the banker say too? Yes, the banker said that you should contact your local um, FBI or police department um, in terms of this patient. And then when we talked, I was like, let's call the police because mm-hmm. this is weird. We're not going to let somebody get away with a crime. Yeah. And then we called the local police first. Correct. And, we called the local police. And you called them. Mm-hmm. And what did they? What What did you tell them? I told them that the patient came in, they deposited a check, then we received, when I when I deposited a check, after that I received a call from that bank saying that this person has a warrant against them and that we should call and contact the local police or the FBI um, about this person. Okay. And the police said, okay, we'll be at your location in a few minutes and we're going to get a statement from you. Then they came here in the middle of the clinic day. Yes. And they And, and it was just a normal cop that came? Yes, it was a normal cop that came. Um, they asked us all the information that we had about this individual. We gave them all the information and everything. Um, and they asked about like what surgery he was getting and all that. We couldn't. We had to figure out what information we could give them and not give them. And we called the lawyer and we asked the lawyer. Correct. Um, um, so we were only get, be told to give certain information to them. So we gave them whatever we could. And we have to follow HIPAA, right? Correct. The Health Information Portability Protection Act. So when we... When we have patients here, we can't disclose details. Mm-hmm. We have to be very strict on what we say, how we say it, and who we say it to. Correct. So we um, made sure that we gave um, the only information that was told that we were allowed to give. Um, and then the police, you know, went, he gave he me his card and he left. Um, a few minutes late, a few like hours later, they called us again 
and asked us more information. And then they asked us a picture of the check. So then I had to download it from the um, from the bank website, give them a picture mm-hmm. of the check. I think they contacted HSBC to get information from them. Um, and then they called us back. Um, the third time, third call. Third call. And this call was kind of scary. <laughs> um, the... The per, the investigator was now an FBI special agent that was on the phone, and he had been um, alerted and involved now in this situation, and basically told us that this individual um, has many warrants against them. Um, they are also involved in bigger criminal activities such as terrorism. Um, and they inter- said he was a terrorist, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was from the Middle East. Correct. Um, and that he was that this individual was involved in terrorist activities and that they're possibly doing the surgery uh, or trying to do the surgery to change their appearance so they wouldn't get caught. That was like a jaw-dropping moment when you told me that. It was really scary. I couldn't believe I was talking to an FBI like special agent on the phone about an individual that had just came here like two days ago. That's wild. I remember all the staff got super scared. Yes, everyone was so scared. Like, what was going to happen? What are we going to do? His surgery was the next day. So what did the FBI say? What did they want us to do? So the FBI and the police, the Linwood police, the Seattle, like all these different forces were basically involved in this case. And they basically told us that we are not allowed to cancel the procedure. That's Uh, nuts. And basically, the patient was under the impression that the surgery is happening. And the patient called us twice, which was two more red flags after that. He actually called to speak to the surgical care coordinator to ask if everything was okay with the payment. That's weird. Mm -hmm. So what did the FBI want to do to catch him? So basically, they told us that we have to just keep it calm, act like the surgery is happening, let him know the check was okay. Let him know everything is good. He's set for surgery um, and have him just come like a normal patient would come. And basically, they wanted to do a sting operation. And they wanted to catch him in the lobby. I remember um, you coming to me and asking me if this was okay. Yes, they want they wanted to catch him in our office lobby because that would be the safest way for to for them to confirm that they would be able to arrest him. Um and they didn't want to like do it outside in case he was trying to run away and stuff. And I still remember till this day, um, we, the police had came four hours or five hours before this patient was going to arrive, laid out all their people. There was undercover cops throughout the entire building. There were undercover cops outside of the building. There was cops on the main street and the back street. And then we had three undercover cops sitting in our lobby. Now, I remember when they said they wanted to catch him in the lobby, I said, no. Yes. You guys have to, I don't want to jeopardize the safety of the staff here. So and I, the pa- other patients too. Mm-hmm. So I first said, catch him in the lobby of the building, but they didn't want that because there were two exits. Mm-hmm. So then they agreed that they would let him come to our floor and they would try to catch him right when he came out of the elevator, right? Correct. So they that's why they had um, they had uh, cops sit, um, standing inside the um, stairwell. So the morning of, what was the atmosphere in the office when the sting <sighs> was supposed to go down? It was very, everyone was super nervous. Everyone's ears, eyes, everything was open. Everyone kept looking at the window, like, when is he coming? When is he coming? When is he coming? 
There was three undercover cops sitting in our lobby with normal clothes, acting like patients. But they didn't look like cosmetic patients. (laughs) (laughs) The funny part is um, we had another patient and another caregiver at the same time in the building. And the caregiver was sitting inside one of the console rooms. I remember asking the caregiver, "Um, would you like anything to drink? And the caregiver said, no, I'm okay. He's like, can I ask you something? I said, sure. He said, what's going down? And I said, what do you mean? There's nothing going down. Normal day, mm-hmm. you know, we're just surgery day. Yeah, doing surgeries here, nothing <laughs> else. Doing surgery, Look nothing away. else. He's like, I know what's happening. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, close the door. And I close the door and he's like, I'm an undercover cop. And I'm like, uh. He's like, yeah, everyone in your lobby and outside, they're all, they all know me. I know them too. He's like, if you guys need help, I got you. <laughs> I said, I think we're fine. I, said, I was like, um, I was like, yeah, there's something, someone that they want to. This is he's he already he basically knew everything because he's part of that group and he's an undercover cop himself and he basically knew there was a sting operation happening, which was super funny. That's uh, so crazy. Yeah, and then everyone's super nervous, and then I still remember we're everyone was looking at like the time was happening. It was I think one p.m. that he was supposed to arrive. And it was like 12.55 and people were looking in the window and we see a car pull up to the front of our building. There was a driver there, the same person that had came to him with a console, his driver was driving the car. He came out of the car and he stepped into the building and the, and the car drove away to park. And he got into the... And I, I was in surgery this time. Yes. So I, I was focused on my cases. I had no idea what was going on because we have two operating rooms here. Yeah. So two doctors doing surgery. Yeah. Um. And all the other staff knew that this thing is happening and to stay calm. And there was multiple uh, cops and undercover cops in the building. So everything was, everyone was, was told to stay calm. And basically he came in, he got out, he got on the sixth floor he came out of the elevator and um, the undercover cops, of course, had his pictures and had the background information about him, everything. And they, within seconds, I would say within not even half a second, um, they all, from every angle of the build, like of the sixth floor, there was multiple cops that came in and just arrested him on the back. And then- Did he try to run or anything? No, he didn't. He just, it just, it was really weird. We could see everything because it's clear doors, um, but he didn't try to fight it. He knew he was caught, basically. He didn't try to fight it. He didn't say anything. He just had a bag with him, and then he basically just dropped the bag. Um, and then the the funny part was, right after they arrested him, right outside our, our office, um, the cops are, like, there's five cops standing there, and basically they see um they see the elevator open and it's his driver. What? And yeah. the guy's on the floor getting arrested. The guy's already arrested. The guy's arrested and there's four cops standing there and they the elevator opens and it's the driver. And right before he's about to exit, he's like hitting the button. You can hear it. That's oh, how man. loudly he the was close the door. Closed door button. He was hitting it so loudly. We're like, <gasps> and then you just you see the um, door closed and the three cops ran to the stairwell um and then just after that they like took all of those people and they left and then did after- they get the ru- they got the runner yeah so then after that after about like 40 minutes another cop came and just like confirmed with us that everything is safe we got both of them you guys have nothing to worry about 
Um, if we need any additional information from you guys, we'll let you guys know. But we really appreciate you guys cooperating with us and helping us get this person. That's such an incredible thing. I can't believe we were a part of some terrorist person getting arrested. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was a wild day. <laughs> wild. What an incredible story. What do we have in the works for our next Clinic Talk episode? We have something called Code Brown and many more to come. Join us for the next Clinic Talk episode where we talk about Code Brown. Catch us on all social media and watch me do surgery live on Snapchat at Real Dr. Seattle. Bam. What?